Welcome to Sex Actually, the podcast. I'm with Caitlin Bailey. Hey, Dave. How's your sound? You sound okay? Yeah, I feel, I mean, I feel good. Mike. I am so jealous of our location. We're in, yeah. not, I don't want to give away your address. Uh, yeah, I mean, do you know? <laughs> do you know Lynn Coplitz? She does a joke about living near the comedy cellar. No. She, she does a funniest bit about um, just like you, she, she'll be, she's able to do comedy and just walk home right after. And you're literally, you live in the epicenter of, of comedy. comedy. Yeah. A stand up comedian. Yeah. From South Carolina? Uh, North and South Carolina. Okay. But you went to, you went to college of Charleston? I went to the college of Charleston. Yeah. That's where my uncle told me to go because it was all women. Yeah, it's 70% women and 30% dudes, and everyone's aiming for their MRS degree, so it's real competitive. And every time I visited there, I was just like, what the fuck? I went to school in Rhode Island. Yeah, no. It's, it's cold and shit. And no, it's, it's women scant, scantily but tastefully clad. With a like southern kind of like naivete. Perfectly maybe? manicured, beautifully polite southern hospitality. I So we, we uh, when I first started comedy, would do a couple of the same the same joints. You know, the, yeah. the vagabonds, which doesn't exist anymore. And no, the, a lot of those guys have moved over. The um, the mic at Vivaldi is still happening. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think I'd go there. I just did. So I did, I did a bunch of, I did last night three spots in... In, you know, just like Greenwich Village Comedy Club, which mm-hmm. is a dump, and then uh, Village Lantern, like another <laughs> dump, but like charming yeah. in a dumpy way. I'm well, the so... Village Lantern at least knows it's a dump. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And you're just like, you almost, I posted a photo of like, you know, with a shitty backdrop, but the Greenwich Village still, it's like, we're a dump, $10 for a beer. It's like, they don't yeah, care. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, they're, they're, they don't care at all. The places like that upset me because it, I feel like it creates um, an antagonistic relationship between, especially the host, but like the comedians and the audience. Just because, a vile, just shit on it right off the bat. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's not, not a scam, you know, like, yeah. you know, people are sitting down to enjoy comedy and it's like, we're going to gouge you for alcohol. It's not real alcohol. And also, nobody you were told you're going to see is going to come through tonight. Exactly. That's not what's Chappelle, happening. Chappelle, listen to that. And then it's nope. me. <laughs> right, yeah. It's like, it's, I mean, it's not not comedy, but it's like, I mean, if you ride an elevator to the fourth floor of what looks like it should be an abandoned building, like, Louis C.K. is not coming. That's not... If you think Louis C.K. is going to ride that elevator, you are It's because he's lost. Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> he just accidentally <laughs> got stuck there. So you've got a lot going on. Yeah. I don't know where to start. I don't know a ton about you, okay. but I've learned I've learned enough from your comedy. I feel like don't you feel like we all know each other just from like some bits we do? <laughs> one of my one of my greatest, I mean not greatest fears, but one of my most frequently recurring awkward moments is I'll be hosting at a comedy club. The manager will come up and point to somebody who I know well, right? Mm-hmm. I know intimate details about their sex life. We've had long conversations about their girlfriend and their mom, right? I've given them advice about socks. And the manager's <laughs> like, that guy is next. I'm like, I don't know that guy's name. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I could repeat his jokes for you, and I do not know his name. I The, the host last night introduced me as Kevin Neal. <laughs> I was like, let's do it. Let's go. Close. I was yeah, like, the, I'm not even going to correct you. The let's audience just go doesn't care, no, man. Just be it, funny. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, if you go on and you're like, actually, my name is, it's like, you're just telling yeah, the audience. The, the, yeah, the whole front row just got there, so they're all like, getting their drink orders right. taken. Yeah, the, no I was like, I don't, let's just stall for 30 seconds before this guy orders his daiquiri. No one is continue. here to see me. But so we've, okay, so you've worked. Now, my podcast, we talk about sex, relationships. Sure. Uh, you know, mainly comics on it, but I, they find them to be pretty insightful because we don't have, like, we don't worry about being judged. Like, we just, we're pretty honest. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, and, we've really uh, divorced ourselves, I think, from, like, the norm, the standard narrative of what, like, a life should look like. So yeah. we're we're throwing spaghetti at a wall. But, so did you, uh, are you ra- were you raised by just a, nor- like, uh, normal, parents married? Yep. 
parents married. Parents are still married. Um, you know, my dad was older than my mom. He made more money than my mom. Good we parents. Have a, good parents. Middle uh, class. Middle class. Upper middle class. Are you the say. oldest? Uh, the only. Oh, the, the only. Oh, okay. I'm, try, I'm trying to like. So yeah. and, and so you got it. And then 17, at, at the age of 17, you got into. Escort work. Escort work. Is High that what it's called? High end prostitution. High end prostitution. Whoring. Whoring. Hooking. Turning and tricks. There's so many names. Tricks. <laughs> the 50s. Ah, <laughs> oh, dame. Turning tricks, kid. Yeah. Uh, it's, and you know what the funny part is? I think I even commented on this when you were doing a bit about it. Or maybe, yeah, years ago, right? This is a few years ago. Sure. But I remember like you doing a bit and I was like, you know, you, you can go on stage and talk about being a prostitute and only in comedy will you have 15 comics try to hit on you right after. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, it's really, really funny. Um, but you have a pretty good stance, I, you know? Just... Uh, yeah, I mean, my stance is that it happened and that it's one of many facts about me. It's not the defining fact. Um, it's probably like the most titillating yeah. piece of information. Um, it's a good starting place. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I mean, it, it's a good it's a good starting place because I mean, like, I feel like if you're a dude who is just unilaterally unilaterally like I would never under any circumstances date anyone who has anything to do with the sex industry. We didn't need to be dating anyway because like not only have I had sex for money, but I've also been to orgies. I've had threesomes. Like I've taken a very like the more experiences, the better. I wanted to be an expert on sex and sexual I relationships. I lost my virginity two years after you became a, pro- a prostitute That's or hilarious. a woman of the street. What have you got? Not a woman Wait, of like, the street. You were the, high end though. Yeah, high end. That's good. Yeah. You had that, a good rate. Yeah, I had a great. I mean, I, I was the most expensive escort in the state. You can't really? put that on a resume. You can't. You can't that's not a thing. You can't put it on a resume. That's not, you can't open your comedy act with that. <laughs> do you ever have people, do you ever, do you ever know comics? Like, do, do you ever have any hosts bring you up on stage and like steal some of your material? before like 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 for me like i got a shitty haircut right so like yeah. hosts will be like oh this guy's they'll, they'll always make fun of my hair and i'm yeah. like i'm about to do three minutes on my own hair right yeah so i'm always like but do they do they ever like no of- i feel like um especially in this climate like so many dude comics have been you know publicly beaten up over introducing it's like your next comics a girl yeah. like the the fact that I was once a sex worker, it's like they don't even know how to touch that. It's like they may as Let well be bringing, it. bringing up a trans woman. Like they just don't know. Yeah. And there's nothing about like the way that I look where it's like, oh, you here's, look, a, you're such, here's a you're, whore. You're a, you're a good looking in no shock value type of way. Like Thank you. W- you could like w- any sort of normal, like you just, and w- what's your Instagram by the way? So people, because my oh, creepy I, listeners. Oh, I'm not on Instagram. No, you're not on Instagram? Twitter? On- uh, yeah, yeah, I'm spoken? on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Absolutely. At, it's uh, Caitlin Bailey. My parents spelled my name K-A-Y-T-L-I-N. wrong. K A Y T L I N. You got it. Bailey, like the Irish cream. Yeah, no relation. No relation. Um, just because my 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 guys or girls listening are like, what the fuck? She's a normal looking. You're not some sort of like fucking bimbo. You're just a normal, yeah. good looking, white nose. middle class. No, come on. Kurt nostrils. Kurt no. Metzger's nostrils. No, that's yeah. just that's just a fact. That's yeah. big. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, big now that you point, when you when you look to the ceiling and point them out. Well, I'm five foot two, so like all these dudes think. Wait, I'm, seriously, I'm five foot two. Oh, so I'm like all these dudes think I'm super hot, and it's like yeah, from that angle, I'm the best. <laughs> but and, and you're also so you're the, the 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 most demanded, the highest rate, so probably I, the most demanded. No, not the most demanded. That's not how that works. I mean, like, uh, and this is like sex, early two thousands. I'm yeah, guessing. early two thousands. Uh, well, I graduated high school in two thousand five, so this is like two thousand four. And you were long done. You were just retired by that point. Yeah, I mean, I went to college. And sort of never looked back. Well, Wait, so, but as far as the sex field goes, you were done by the time you graduated high school. Well, sex work is kind of like a drug addiction in that, 
Like there are a lot of relapses. And, okay, all right. I mean, having once been a sex worker is kind of like walking through life with an easy button that you're just not supposed to hit every day. Like how many times have you been a couple of hundred bucks short? Yeah, you're like, I'm you not going like, to work at Chipotle for $9 yeah, when and, I just, And that's know. the crazy thing is like I did all of those shitty jobs. Like I worked at Starbucks. I worked as a waitress. I worked as a nanny. I worked as a tutor person. I worked, like I, I, worked, I ran campaigns. <laughs> all I did, during like, the same client. You know? right? yeah. But I did, yeah, like, yeah, the same. Yeah, that's very accurate actually. Um, <laughs> I, Yep, it's a lot of babysitting skills. Expensive SAT prep. That's yeah, basically. 400 an hour to get <laughs> this. Sam, <laughs> psychiatrist. Trust, uh, psychologist, rather. People I would probably pay as much for SAT prep as for uh, a hooker. No, they won't. Uh, okay. <laughs> and You're SAT like, prep no is fact. way harder because I can get a dude <laughs> off, but getting someone to want to learn math is actually like, way harder. Once you know, okay. But uh, no, it's it's funny, like because having done all of those kind of jobs mm-hmm. after having done sex work. It's like, oh my God, this is so much worse in every imaginable way. Like, I feel humiliated. It's physically harder. My f- schedule is less flexible. I feel like and less of a it person. It seems like your your sex work was was controlled and and I want to say on, on a safer way than some like chick work in the alley. Like you were like people would have yeah. to request you yeah, well, from like a site, like a menu. Is it Chinese age, food? Yeah, I mean, in the age of the internet, like I don't understand why street walking is still a thing, but. I mean, I guess it will always sort of exist. Like, there's always they got some data charges they can't pay off. Uh, That's funny. Um, You can use that one. (laughs) There are homeless guys on fucking McDougal Street that I know well who have smartphones, and it's I'm like, how do you protect your phone from the rain? But it it doesn't matter. Um, Yeah, I I I was high end. It's really difficult to compare. It's kind of sex work is a really big industry. It encompasses a lot of things. You're talking about webcam girls. You're talking about strippers. You're talking about Instagram prostitutes. Models. You're talking about Instagram models. Basically, you're talking about... Snapchat. Are you kidding me? Are you char- Are you being charged for Snapchat? These, there are chicks out there every day that just do their Snapchat shit. And they're just like implying, but I'm like, what are you doing? You're, you're, you're just a, a nipple slip away from a webcam model. Anyway, continue. No, I mean, I get it. Uh, but it's so, like, and within even just prostitution... There's what I did, which would be like a trust fund kid starting an organic community farm. Sure. And sex trafficking, which would be like migrant farm worker. Maybe we're both farmers, but our lives look really, really different. And we grapple with different things and different issues. Dealing in, you know, dealing with society's got a lot less shame now, but there's still. Oh, it's still still like a taboo thing, obviously. I mean, everyone thinks that sucking dick for money is like the worst thing that you could ever possibly do. And I'm here to tell you that Starbucks is so much worse (laughs) in every way. But it's, I mean. And they never get the order right. Yeah. It's like, I don't care if you think you're allergic to foam. That's not a thing. (laughs) So, so the guy, you know, going into the, you know, going into the, the, you know, the appointment, Mm -hmm. what the guy wants or does he add on? Is it like, cause you know, strippers, Uh, they're like, you know, you, you you order strippers for like bachelor parties. So you start adding on all this shit. The, like one of the, this is one of the primary differences between say like streetwalkers and escorts, right? So escorts are paid by, for their time and streetwalkers charge by the act. Right. So I've never scheduled an appointment, scheduled an appointment where somebody wanted to explicitly say like, okay, so you're going to blow me and you're going to lick my balls. And then afterwards you're going to let me fuck you until I come into this con. Like that's not (laughs) the kind of conversations we're having. It's my job as the professional in the room to sort of read what, I mean, it's like normal sex. It's like the normal kind of sex. But like, so do you want to get longer hours? Do you, do you like if the guy's like, all right, I'll get you for an hour, but you're like, can you stretch it out for a few hours, or do you just, or do you want to like, mean? like, okay, so if you, 
Okay. I think so like I charge by the hour, right? Okay. So when he walks through the door, the clock starts. Yeah. And at the end of that hour, it's over, whether he's come or not. Or he buys another hour. Yeah, but he's not going to buy another hour right then. because oh, like, he I've ordered it through. Not no, not through anyone. I mean, like this is through like you know, I set up an email account that I answer. Like it's, it, we're negotiating, but it's not the kind of thing where it's like, okay, for fifty dollars, we walk in the room, and then everything's a negotiation after that. It's like, no, I scheduled my day like any other freelancer. Oh, yeah. You know, like so if you hired a personal decorator to come over, so he's at fifty nine minutes. The shot clock's going off. He's starting to get nervous. I never dealt with that situation. What was <laughs> right. more likely to happen is he comes right say, away. like a new. A new client walks through the door, right? We're going to spend 15, 20 minutes talking, relax, get to know each other, tell me about your day. You know, who are you? Like, where where do you work? What's, like, we talking? And that's, all of that is just tone setting, right? That's exactly how a Tinder date went with me when I was <laughs> on the road. Like, literally. Yeah, I'm not going to, like, I, I wouldn't want to have sex with a girl without knowing. Right, exactly. You don't want to just walk I mean? through the door and I'm, like, bent over, like, get to it, monster. Yeah. Like, that's not... <laughs> That's not sexy for anyone. That, that's going to be my new line. Mm-hmm. Get to it, monster. My girl's going to be like, it, you're monster. on the couch. Okay. <laughs> yes, monster. No, I mean, like, guys, a lot of, I mean, performance anxiety is a huge thing. Huge portion of my clientele had suffered from some kind of erectile dysfunction. So it's my job as the professional in the room to, like, set the tone and sort of take the lead. But, you know, I'm going to walk them through a sexual encounter of some kind. Sometimes that was just snuggling. Right. Yeah. And like some some of my clients were just dudes who everyone else in their life had heard their jokes too many times. And they just wanted someone who some pretty girl who hadn't heard them tell the same story over and over again or some female body that didn't have 15, 20, 25 years worth of resentment and hurt and disappointment built up. You know, like, yeah, there was just something really therapeutic about that that they were looking for, even if they couldn't fuck me because they hadn't been able to sustain an erection in 15 years you know like yeah so uh, like a lot of what i was offering was this human connection kind of stuff so like we can talk about the nitty-gritty of like acts and there are definitely parlor tricks like i know how to put a condom on with my mouth and i know how to make condoms feel like not condoms and like stuff like that that's a good one that's a good one yeah that one alone would be nice for people because we just had an episode where people like when i like to feel like condoms i'm like yeah no shit of lube on it on the, in, on the inside. On the inside. Oh, that's yeah. like, see, too many guys also, are, are fumbling to just get it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you get, you're like, take your time. Go try, try the Trojan Maxim. Like, if that's, if, if you feel like tightness is an issue, go with a larger size. Try putting a little squirt of lube or coconut oil that's or something genius. else in, coconut oil. inside the condom, and it will make it feel more like the vaginal oil. I make soap. With coconut oil, like I make oh, it I love from scratch. I, I wish I had some with me because I, lo- I love passing it out. We make this soap and the peppermint soap. Well, we put peppermint essential oil into the soap, but it's got a base of coconut oil, and it is the best thing for your skin and like your ball. I was like a guy, so I couldn't imagine coconut oil in the condom. Who are you? I know. Right? Wh- I'm like the when breaking. I'm the breaking person? bad of pussies. I like literally am cooking soap. You're cooking fucking. My girlfriend soap. and I made like hundreds of bars of soap for Christmas, and we made a, like a little company out of it. That's awesome. Just because we made it to give away. And it was like, oh, it'll be a cheap thing. It was fucking expensive. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. at like fucking Trader Joe's just buying like like just gallons of oils. Yep. But not to get into that, but coconut oil, that is a I tip. Didn't use, That's I didn't an use actual coconut. tip. That's an actual tip from a former sex Tip worker. for the tip. Tip for the tip. But uh, you, so you, so you're, you, so actually the first also, time. Also, a few people don't know this is you can actually and probably should 
um, if a psycholo- if there's a psychological barrier between like you getting like your dick up and having a condom on at the same time, which I know it is for a lot of dudes, a couple of solutions. Um, if I am with a new lover and I am interested in like pursuing a longer term sexual relationship and they seem to have a recurring problem keeping a hard on with a condom, I ask them to masturbate with a condom for a couple of weeks. And it doesn't take very long to just desensitize yourself to it. And also you can put a condom on a flaccid dick like during foreplay so that getting the condom on isn't like a thing that you guys have to do. You just you put it on and like roll it as far as it'll go and then as your dick expands it'll it'll yeah. you can keep rolling it on. But that can sometimes take the psychological issue out of like, all right, I got this hard on. I want to keep it while I put the condom That's on. That's interesting. Yeah. See, I, I don't know many, I, and, and maybe this is something guys don't talk about, but I don't know many guys that have a erectile problems, uh, erectile dysfunction. I, I know more m- dudes than you. Yeah, no, no, no. And that's why that's why it's interesting <laughs> mm-hmm. because you're telling me guys when no, that's not guys don't open with that. But I do know a lot of guys that like have problems with like premature ejaculation. Mm-hmm. You're telling me there's more erectile dysfunction problems in premature. Yeah, and I would say I like I because the condom would help against premature ejaculation. It can. You go raw and you're like, oh boy. I feel like premature ejaculation is really kind of an anxiety problem. It's same thing with like I think that uh, premature ejaculation and not being able to get it up are just different sides of the same coin. Um, and I think that like focusing on your partner's body, I think porn has done a lot to increase men's performance anxiety and that like, it's an issue we're not talking about. Like we're so busy talking about how women don't have perky tips and our labia doesn't look like that. Like there's a lot of female body issues that porn brings up or like the fact that we're not all wet and ready all the time. And that's not what foreplay looks like based on, you know, what happens in porn, which is a huge part of the issue. I think men need foreplay too. Like, and I and you can do foreplay. Make sure my girlfriend listens to that yeah. part. Men men need <laughs> foreplay too, and like it's it can really it helps with the connection stuff, and the connection stuff helps with the keeping and sustaining an erection, um, and taking the like the pressure off because you're focused on like the act and not on this idea of what you think this sex act should look like, where you're like psychologically three steps removed from what's happening in the fucking room. That's that's the work that I did with so many of my clients was like that's interesting. focusing, breathing, like you're like the real me. life Helen Hunt of um. Uh, but so the, the, what what was the movie called that she did? Oh, it was the sessions, and it okay, was abs- yeah. I mean I can't recommend the sessions enough. It's fucking genius. Oh really? I love that John movie. Hawks, right? I He's love her. Great. She is a certified sex therapist. I was a 17 year old who wanted to be a whore. So like she, like she knows things about stuff that I did not know a decade ago. In retrospect, a lot of the stuff that I was doing was really therapeutic. She nailed the difference between a sex therapist and a sex worker, like a prostitute Mm -hmm. is that a sex therapist wants to help you with your problem. But they're, but they're actually having sex with you too. Yes, absolutely. So So they're just like in there, they're in the pool with you. Right. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Like we're both, we're both sex workers. So like, so the difference between a sex therapist and a prostitute, for example, would be a sex therapist wants to help you with your issue so that you can move on with your life. And a prostitute wants you to come back. And okay, there you go. Right. So like a sex therapist is like, okay, we're going to do six sessions and I'm going to help you work through this issue. Whereas I'm like, I'm your fantasy. I'm your (laughs) fantasy. Let me be your friend. And that's a really different Something objective. Something like a rap song. <laughs> Leads um, to different, you know, different things. But, uh, so you would say you, so, but you, you would say that you learned a lot in the process. Absolutely. Now you're, pl- now you're applying it to, is it a Comedy. one woman, is it a one woman show that you have? Yes. Contagious. It's going to be at the Tank Theater, July 10th, 11th, and 12th, where I tell 
this story basically. And I, I wish talk I was. About. I'm only here a few weeks. I can't believe that, that would have been so cool if I was here for that. I, but, I would love for you to see it. I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm really, I have the script well, here. You know, I'm, I'm in the West it. Coast, so if you ever, you know, just we're gonna. I think we're gonna be touring with it. Like we're gonna we're gonna be filming it and hopefully submitting it to festivals. Ideally, I'd like to take it to Edinburgh. Great. Um but I'll yeah, I'll travel with it and Now what's the pitch with it? What do you guys what's the what's I mean the it's gist? a one woman show about uh co- you know, and I'm I'm a comedian, so I'm a, a performer who's found her stage legs telling my story of having once been a sex worker for no good goddamn reason when I was underage. Like it's you know, it's I think there's a lot there. There's a lot of meat there. Yeah. So what was the, so you're at what what age did you start to like think that you could like emanate this actual like little dirty secret you had? Uh, Oh, like when did I start? Yeah. Are you 15 and you're like, oh man, I'd like, or like, cause when did I start thinking about becoming a prostitute? When did I start talking about it? Um, thinking, thinking about, I wanted to be a hooker for Halloween when I was eight years old. Oh my gosh. I know. Where do you get that from? Like, internet didn't really Mm-mm. wasn't a thing. Is it Mm-mm. movies? It, like, what's the feeling? I don't know. And I, I don't mean to. I don't mean no, any no. shame with it. Because, but it's like where? Like, where I, are you introduced to? I these? mean, I think that's a really good question. I mean, like, I think I may have saw Pretty Woman, like maybe. Okay. Which is like not, and I don't even think it's R rated. I think it's a PG thirteen movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea what that was about when I watched. it. If I was eight, are you kidding me? I would have no clue. Oh well, I was a lot smarter than you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Women in April. I mean. Well, I mean, like I asked, I you know, like I, <laughs> I, I basically this came from a conversation of like I asked my parents what an escort was, and the explanation that I got was a pretty woman who dresses up and accompanies rich, powerful men like to dinner and stuff, and I was like, and that's a job, and they were like, yeah, and it's like it pays well, and they're like, this is, <laughs> this is so much more uncomfortable than the where do babies come from conversation. <laughs> And I was just completely Your fascinated. Dad's like, Fuck. Right? Yeah. Basically, that was sort of it. I mean, I think. I mean, they call prostitution the oldest profession. When you, there's a study that was done with like monkeys or whatever, where they like introduced the concept of money to a group of monkeys that they had in the lab. And the first thing that happened is like after the monkey made the connection of like, oh, you give me this worthless piece of tin and I give it back to you, and you give me a grape. Like, oh, this thing values a grape. Yeah. The first thing that happened is that a boy monkey gave a girl monkey a little coin and they had sex. That's the, f- like, Jeez. so it's like, where did this idea come from? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's hardwired. Where did the, the idea, like, I mean, so much of it. I, but it's the same thing as like a man providing fire. Well, I'm going to fuck him. Yeah, because like, what that's makes you want to protect your girlfriend? Like when you're like, you know what I mean? Like, where yeah. does that instinct come from? Is it because you saw too many movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger it's like a, in it? Yeah. It's like, it's well, kind of a natural thing. I just run from problems that's what i, that's how I protect her like bitch we got to get out of here no, I but, th- I mean, but you know what i'm talking yeah, about. yeah i think it's yeah. a biological thing like the fear of being replaced with f- another alpha male or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is so it's like um but so <laughs> your, your your poor father so does he does he he knows is he, he invited to the show does he, he know is not invited to the show he neither of my parents know they don't know you were a, um they don't know what, i mean at what stage do you become popular enough that some asshole here's here's my thoughts on that okay. I've, I've, I've struggled with this for years since i decided sure. to start talking about this um on stage two years ago to when i just to right now um didn't you know you have a unique unique ah, you have a unique relationship with your parents mm-hmm. um I am only one man's little girl, right? Sure. And that's my dad. Uh, denial is a really powerful thing. And we lead separate lives now. My father doesn't use the internet. He's 67 years old. He was really old when he had me. We're part of that's two good, actually. really different definite the generations. And I feel like for me to sit him down and be like, 
I'm a comic, and I used to be a prostitute, and everything I say on stage is 100% true, and you better accept that, feels cruel in a way where it's like, if I just give him the psychological out of like, maybe this is a thought experiment, or maybe this is a character study, or maybe this is part of her act, like, why... Why is it? Why would let I take that away? Right. Because, why would and I it doesn't affect who him? you are now. You it seem like you're, you seem like it's a very, very helpful, I um, know, healthy thing that you're doing. I know that even if I sat him down and told him that I was not only was I a prostitute, but I will continue to be a prostitute. Like even if I was still working, and he would always love me, and he just wants me to be safe and happy. Sure, whatever that would means. he have shame? Like oh, I could have done something different. Like my mom, like I couldn't the, show, share prompts with her because she's just like a lot of shame. The Irish Catholic. Like, yeah. like, oh, I wish it. Like, she was a single mom. Like, she, I wish I could have done something different. Like, mom, things are great. Everything's fine. Yeah. Like, I know. I just don't think I can provide it. You did great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, my dad was amazing as a dad, and I, I think that comes through in the one woman show. Like, I play him quite a bit. I, I play eight different characters. It's it's a theater piece, so it's you know different different uh, soliloquies. But he, I mean, he was just an amazing dad. We went fishing a ton. I felt the weight of his like unconditional love like i felt like he really accepted me on my terms who i was in the moment didn't put a lot of shit on me it gave me one of the best sex talks i've ever heard of like but, a birds and the bees type of yeah, thing no, i mean not like a birds but and like past no, that no basically he said you're gonna make choices that are different from the choices that i would have you make and that's okay that's what life is but if you're ever in any kind of trouble please know that you can always come to me and no matter what wow. i'll always love you and i will always be there to help you that's great. But if there's any way for you to prevent me from knowing that you're having any kind of sex, please do that because I I'm your dad and I'm never not going to be your dad. That's smart. I think it's smart. I think it's true and it's part of the motivation for like I don't feel the need to shove this in his face. Um I think that's great. Yeah. I think, and I and I wish the the show awesome success it sounds like it's a real gonna yeah. be a real buzzworthy thing you know and the way i mean the way that i have it like framed now the way like thinking back on it like this wasn't i didn't go into sex work from a place of desperation i didn't go into sex work with a problem to solve or a drug addiction to to meet like that wasn't the motivation it was sort of curiosity and some personality traits that i think my dad really admires about me like my fearlessness and my belief that i can do what i want to do and like the ability and willingness to like make things happen for myself i think if he could get over the image of dicks and his daughter he'd be really proud of me sure but that's a really that's, hard image to get isn't over. that so funny though like we don't want to know like i don't want a girl that i love in this case my girlfriend to i want i don't want to know if she's had sex with any other guy yeah how like how dumb are we like to yeah. think and even if like I don't, as long, but then if I know the guy, if I know a guy and like I know what he looks like and I know yep. his Facebook, like images. all these things, I'm like, oh, I could just th- I feel like her, like you just you just think of a time that existed before we were even a thing. Yeah. And I'm still like, it didn't matter. And I could have had sex with a trillion girls. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm not worried about myself because like I know that's my past. But you don't know how the other person, you, I don't know, you almost put too much pressure on a relationship when you... Like, 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 are there other guys that you've told this to that have just like been like, oh, peace out? But yeah, my ex-fiance. I mean, probably. Oh, you were engaged. Yeah, my ex-fiance should have peaced out, but instead uh, tortured me psychologically for six months over it. So, like, we like well, he like you told him, and then it was a six months of him like not being able to handle it. Yeah. And, 
And maybe, I mean, do you give him credit that like he didn't mean to, and I don't know anything about it, but did, was he struggling with it on yep. his own level and he just couldn't we, handle it? I mean, we went to couples counseling, um, after the first time he hit me. Um, jeez. Mm-hmm. Like it got, sorry, it's okay. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I, I was smart enough to know that I couldn't handle this on my own. So I brought in a counselor, but I was, but he, but he was, you're saying he hit you. It had something to do with the, here's my, I mean, yeah, that's what he, that's what he said. Okay. But, but it was, so it was after you told him it was, it was after okay. I told him, there was no, okay. but we'd only been dating for, you know, I think like six weeks when I told him for the oh, first we, time. Oh, wow. So you were engaged. We got engaged three months later. We got engaged. Oh, oh, oh. that was part of the move to save it all. Yeah, that was part of the move to save. I it get all. that. Yeah, I get exactly. That. And it was like all wrapped up in that. Um, I believe, and I I could be wrong because human beings are complicated creatures, but I believe that even if I had not been a sex worker, or even if he had just never found out about it, he's the kind of man that hits women, and there was no way for us to have a lifelong relationship without him Absolutely. becoming an Absolutely. abuser. So like I If it wasn't yeah. sex if, if it, it wasn't, wasn't sex that, work it was, it was something you got hit on at, at yoga. Sure. Just, right, exactly. Sure. Something. Well, Some and also and there's no excuse comedy. for domestic violence, but if it saved I mean and I'm gonna say you not to compare it, but if it got you out of a relationship that ten years later would have yeah, been way I mean, messier than Exactly. I mean like for for me I feel like I would have fallen in love with him and I like I what could have happened is I, like what telling him about the escorting thing did is it really forced that part of his personality to come out quick like faster yeah, just exposed it sure exactly so like i feel like the the real worst case scenario would have been fucking getting married and having a couple of kids and then being in rural ireland and fucking you know having the shit beaten out of me all the time by this maniac so and the longer his hold the, is on you and the more the, the kids yeah, and, the, and then the other exactly. anchors well good for you for getting out of that um you know not everyone does you know people it's it's so easy and it's, and to make excuses it, for the other person yeah, yeah, it is because I mean I think people have a picture. People have a picture in their head of what domestic violence looks like that is a lot like what rape looks like. It's like okay, so what rape is is a stranger that you find viscerally repulsive jumps out of the bushes and holds a gun to your head and puts his dick in you, and that's what rape is. And, and it's you like, just yell no the whole time, right? No, and you no, yell no, no, no the no, whole no. time, right? <laughs> but I said no, right? Exactly. Um, and what domestic violence is is a man comes home, Ray Rice, right? Exactly, and he like, just punches you yeah. like out of nowhere for no reason, and it's like no relationships are made up of two complex multi-dimensional people that have a fucking relationship so like of course a woman isn't going to call the police on her husband because she knows that if he doesn't go to work tomorrow they aren't going to be able to make and then rent when, and then if you have kids it's like right. well, not, my my husband's not going to be this convict like this right. is public image and oh, the, yeah. like, i want oh, him to be a good father still that's what yeah, because w- what i really want to do is go through life with somebody who can't get a job because he's a convicted criminal because i convicted him of a crime he committed against me like this so to, so domestic violence happens. Domestic Anyone's violence happens. That might be in the same situation. I mean, how do you get out of it? I mean, is there is there a chance? I mean, can it be salvaged? I think. Is, so. Are there accidents? I think sometimes. I think. I think yes. I think that there are absolutely moments, and you know, as a, I mean, you know, as a person, right? You know your abuser. You know your boyfriend. You know your husband. You know this human being that we're talking about right we're not talking about a villain and you as a victim like you're these two-dimensional caricatures of people right Mm -hmm. there's a difference between somebody who believes a set of things where he feels like he has the right to punish you with his fists and somebody who 
loses his temper in an isolated moment and does something that he immediately regrets. And it's, it can and ne- it's it can never not a again. part of a pattern. Sure. And it's pattern. not, a, yeah, it's not a part of the, di- there's a difference between like, that's a smart pr- pattern. It's a good word. To pattern use. is a really good word. And also foundational beliefs. Like I would, he- the thing, like I heard a lot I'm sorry you made me hit you. Yeah. That's not a thing. But yeah. That's, you know what I mean? The, like, the, it, 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 he jockeyed for position mm-hmm. to be the victim. And like, I, and I think of myself as a pretty be. smart person and I get a lot of flack for that on Reddit. Um, pretentious cunt is their word, but like, I think I'm a pretty <laughs> smart person. I mean, I'm only an only child. So I was told that I was brilliant from like, the moment that I could talk. Yeah. Um, but I <laughs> believed a lot of his bullshit. So like, here's here's the gut check, ladies or or men in a relationship. If there's any part of your relationship that you feel like you can't tell your best girlfriend about, that's a real bi- that's a real big red flag. There you go. I stopped talking about my relationship because I I found that I could no longer justify it. You couldn't justify. I it, couldn't right. justify it. So like, that's that's why friendships are so important and having like that outside perspective of like if you can't explain what's going on in your relationship to your best girlfriend. Yeah. Take another look at in, that relationship. And most, most, in most conversations or after a fight, it's easy to justify like, Oh, I know, but things get out of hand and this happened. But yeah, yep. when it comes no, to a point I, when you can't tell, I've absolutely, people. I've known women who are dating really super sweet men. And like, I know some of my girlfriends can be challenging too. And like, there were moments where I had empathy for the man that, pushed her up against a wall you know what i mean and it's like there was it was this moment and it was like holy shit that was really intense but it wasn't something that i would go oh yeah this is a dude that should spend the rest of his life in jail um now i'm gonna get back to that it's just complicated I, it's, it, it always is it's, yeah. a, it's always i i um i have a fear as a straight white guy that i come off as sexist whenever i talk about things that are um, maybe that involve feminism, uh, but probably. it's just, yeah, <laughs> no, and I, I just look so fucking unlikable when I'm like, cisgendered white this man, why are you way. even using the F word? I, know, I couldn't find out what cis meant for so long. <laughs> I don't, I can't keep up. You couldn't up. Googled it? You didn't I Google Googled it? it and I got all these answers. I'm like, I don't, so cis is just that I was raised uh, straight and I believe that I'm straight or whatever. I don't no, know. No, it has nothing to do with, he- the straight is sexuality, oh, see. <laughs> right? This is gender. So it's like you were born into a male body okay. and you also identify as male, which means that you're cisgendered. I, I am also cisgendered because I identify as female and I have this female body. It just right, means that right. you identify as the I, body that you are. I also um, love to express my feminine personality. I know as you make well. soap like some sort of fat. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I, don't, I make soap while I cry watching The Bachelorette. <laughs> I but I like I'm just I'm just cool being like yeah I like I like some things that other men might not admit to liking. But I'm also like super super bro. Like mm-hmm. I'm wearing a shirt that says Coach on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's kind of a femme bro. Like that is yeah. a really clean shirt thank you you know what i mean yeah. like you've got a little stubble going on but it looks like fem part of a bro. look i like fem yeah, bro. That's, gonna be fem my new, bro. that's gonna be my new credit when i go on stage but i i don't get Met- feminism metro i don't bro. get metro fem bro on stage um metro i don't bro is that metro bro i call myself brother Teresa because <laughs> i help other guys that's what i do i call it <laughs> it's not good feeding the homeless bros um but i i don't get Feminists have to get their shit together. They're arguing for, they're fighting for too many different things. There's too many variables, and I want to be on their side, mm-hmm. but I feel like no matter what I do or say, I'm not. 
gonna um, be pleased or like i don't know i mean what what i've asked other people this like what's the basic tenets being treated equal i don't know anymore you don't know anymore i don't know i mean as a whore like do feminists come after you yes. with your story yeah but you but yeah. you're the ultimate feminist i know there are a bunch of women <laughs> who say that it's like I can't believe that you allowed yourself to be victimized by the patriarchy and it's so sad to me that you don't see your own mental illness. And I'm like, you are calling me mentally ill. That is what my abusive ex-fiance used to do. You guys are now on the same team. Sure. Check yourself. And if you are, you're an, you're an a, you're a great actress because I'm you'd, you'd fool me. You're just a normal. I, I mean, feel like a nor- I feel like a whole person. You're no better or worse than any other comic. Right. I mean, I don't feel. <laughs> I mean, like I don't feel like I'm a picture of how. You, someone should do their life i don't know a single comedian who is like i frequently sleep until noon and i smoke like probably too much pot and like you know like i do soul cycle which is just <laughs> searching for some the only reason anyone does soul cycle is because they don't have enough religion in their life that's like, the that's... one thing i haven't tried that i think i would love i'm going to anti-gravity yoga from here yeah. on a canvas i'll be upside down yeah that's not that's... not a cult you know what yeah. i mean like it's not a bad not all cults are bad but it's not not but a we're, cult. we're all struggling like anyone else um uh, the thing yeah. is like that i i don't i i there's so many people with their nine to fives and this and that that like kind of like don't talk about their shit. Mm-hmm. So I feel like comics are the ones who come off crazy or whatever. About, we yeah. might be insecure about this or that, but we also but super we talk vulnerable. About it. So, so you've got women. You've got women that just don't. They just don't get it. Yeah, they're like. But I'm sure you have supporters that. Uh, I do have. I have supporters, uh, feminist supporters, absolutely. And um, I also. But there, there's a group of women, and there are a group of dudes out there, and they're just they're ideologues. And I used to be one. You know, I used to be an activist. But anyone who believes that they're a hundred percent right about a thing that they know nothing about or that they don't have any personal experience with is crazy. And, so you know, like, and it's not worth entertaining an argument. Right, yeah. About. I mean, anyone who says that 100% of prostitutes are victims of sexual violence don't know things about stuff. Like, that's so just... So what would the percentage of these sexual it's, appointments be that you, like, really enjoyed? Like, sexually? Like, what... Per, like? There were a few. I mean... The really, yeah, I mean, there were definitely a few. I tell one of those stories in my one-woman show. Like, there Which was you have to see July 10th, 11th, and 12th. July there. 10th, 11th, and 12th of the Tank Theater. Tickets are available now at cuntageouslaughter.com. Cunt. Cuntageouslaughter. Is that one T, contagious? Yes, C-U-N-T-A-G-I-O-U-S, laughter, L-A-U-G-H-T-E. Oh, yeah, because we got to wrap up here. Cuntageouslaughter. So what didn't we cover that we wanted to talk? There's, we, I could talk for because I'm really, this is really, like, I'm really curious about it all. Yeah, because I mean, like, I've got you know sisters and mom and girlfriend. Like I want I I have such a hard time with the way females think, but I but I but I I'm curious in a very respectful you, way. You gotta let go of the idea that women think the same or that we're obligated to think the same. Good I don't point. think that men think the same about stuff. I think it's ludicrous to talk about like how men think about blah 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 blah. Sure. blah. I mean, and you're right. The, it's easier to to lump them into that. But yeah, I mean, at the very least, you're talking about um, heterosexual men between a certain age range and marital status you know what i mean so you could talk about like single dudes that went to college think x but i mean like to talk about like the way that women think i think mothers share a lot in common women getting their period for the first time share a lot in common like there are definitely patterns of thought that are similar so then to to segregate it to um an unmarried woman who's in her fertile stages like like, what's like what's next for you what do you hope for I know it's tough with comedy to even like. Yeah, begin, I mean, like, I really about a hope... family, but does that biological clock exist? With the, in, yeah, in absolutely. Your head? Um, yes, a biological clock exists. If I was going to have children, then this would definitely be a moment where I should think about it. Like, I get my IUD 
out and have to decide if I want another one in um, in January. Yeah, how, does, how long does, it, does those last? Seven years. Seven years? Yeah, but I can take it out at any time, too. Oh. But it, like, you know, I, I would feel like I wasn't getting my money. I dated a girl with that, and I didn't think it was a real thing. I thought that she, she was, was lying. lying. Yeah. That's funny. That's such a guy thing to be like, you just want my... Genetics. Yeah, you just you just <laughs> definitely 100% want my baby. You want to get in on half this comedy money I'm not making. Like, you fucking loser. Yeah. Arrogant son of a bitch. That's how we think. I am not organizing my life around the idea that I'm not organizing my life prioritizing a family or a baby. Sure. I am not against it happening. I am prioritizing a comedy career because I think the only way that a comedy career happens is if it's your number one priority. And there's no such thing as more than one number one priority. Of course. So they're separate. And I, I know that, man. I know that it's even rude to ask you because no one's going to ask me on a podcast about my. Well, I'm people might, but like I'm you. also could go 15 more years. Like I could, you know, there's a weird, I don't know if it's a double standard or what, or if it's just, it's part biological, but like, you know, it's just a thought. Like my sister had two kids, but you know, she's 28, two kids, boom, let's do it. And like she's happy. But like I know I can relate as a, as a comic that we, we just strive for other things and our creative mm-hmm. expression as like any artist like we're not trying to you, we know we're going to limit ourselves once we settle down and yeah and i and but like i don't i feel like i definitely have a couple of, I, I i don't feel like that i don't feel the pressure of that window closing like i'm 28 now i feel like i have 10 more fertile years in front of me my life has changed so much in the last year i think when we were hanging out i was literally couch surfing like awesome. the last time that we we and now you're in the, now you're in the and now epicenter I'm in this amazing, of comedy in the world yeah so like Bottled things change here. quickly. I'm willing to change my mind, but right now my focus is comedy. So I really hope this one woman show goes well. The naked show that I produce um, is also going really, really well. It's one of the most popular shows at the Creek in the Cave. Tickets available now, July seventeenth. Twenty bucks. Oh, we didn't even get into that. You you, yeah. you have a completely n- uh, nude show that you do. Yeah, I can't naked. believe we didn't even get into that. It's naked. It's naked comedy, and everyone and so a ton funny. of people want to do it. Yeah, and there's this, there's this nudist colony that is like we think that the show should be a hundred percent naked. I think that you should not allow clothed audience members in there. And I was like, no, you've misunderstood what we're doing. I know that you're a nudist and that you really want in this, and you should feel welcome at the show. And please come and be naked if you want to be naked, but. I think the show is more like jumping off an airplane. Like it's really sure. more about the adrenaline rush. I don't want to normalize I'd naked. I'd love to try it, but I would be it would well, be so hard like, pun intended. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to normalize nudity. I want you to live the nightmare. That's what this show is about that as is a comic a, is that you can just live the Was it tough the, the fucking, first time you did it? Oh my god, Does, it, is it absolutely. Still tough? Yeah, I mean, it, I do the show every three months, so it's not like oh, okay. it's not like once a month. I haven't desensitized myself that much to it. It's definitely still an adrenaline rush. It's not the kind of adrenaline rush that it was in the beginning, uh, kind of like heroin. But it's I, I kind of can relate. Great. I did a date auction in my underwear. Yeah, and I slid out on stage like risky business, <laughs> and I'm I'm not lying. It was for stage front of 500 people. It was for college, yeah. uh, ninety five dollars. <laughs> My sister's friends bit on me because they felt bad, but I I'm lit- I literally turtled up like my dick yep. was gone and that happens uh, nerves that happens to every male performer it's like and everyone everyone's like oh i'm gonna go out with an with a heart on and i'm like good luck i mean yeah no really <laughs> and so I'm where's like, that show at? is the, that at the creek in the cave the creek in the cave july the next one's july 17th awesome um, and tickets are available through their website or brown paper, ta- brown paper tickets naked comedy the other thing that i want to promote sure um, I'm on a podcast, Race Wars, with Kurt Metzger and love Gerard it. Small. I love and that podcast. Karen and I um, have been on that podcast. Is that for, Kurt's girlfriend? Yeah. We've been on that podcast for a year and a half. We're starting our own podcast called Crass to Mouth. 
Uh, so I'm really I'm awesome. excited about that. Yeah. Will that be? Is that when's that going to? July first is when we're recording our first episode, so it should be available July second. Um, we're going to be recording. If you watch us live on Daily Motion, um, we're going to be right after Race Wars. So oh, cool. we'll record Race Wars. And oh, that's then a video one too. Race Wars. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just listen to it when I drive. Yeah, I mean, like it's also I listen to like so many now. I love like living in LA. I love the New York podcast just to keep a beat oh, on the yeah. people here. Yeah. It's so cool to hear everyone doing their thing. Our first guest. I feel like I can give this away, right? Sure. Yeah. Ari Shafir is our Amazing. first is our first guest. I'm very excited. Amazing. So happy for you. So much to promote. Thank July you. 10th, 11th, and 12th. Contagious. Contagious at the Tank Theater. It's my one woman show. Uh, and they can find you at Twitter at Caitlin Bailey. K- Caitlin K A Y T L I N B A I L E Y. And look out for Crass to Mouth. I think it's gonna be a really fun, irreverent, like feminine centric, but not feminist like sure i like those yeah like we're i mean you know we have these vaginas and that's the prism through which we see the world but like i'm not trying to get anyone arrested for man spreading i don't think that's the worst human injustice that ever befell yeah yeah pick your that's the thing that's a whole feminist movie i also don't think that catcalling is the same as rape and i think that women who say that need to move back to whatever suburb we could do five more hours (laughs) with all this shit I think we got to, we got a good start. <laughs> Next time I'm in New York, we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll continue with all. Yeah, this, absolutely. Okay? I would love to uh, talk, chat thanks, with you more. Thanks so much for doing the podcast. Appreciate thank it. you so much for having me, Dave. I love it. All right, it. thanks.